This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There's more to the story than just postpartum depression. And this podcast aims to share it all from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome to the Mom in Mind podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kat. On our episode today, we're having a really interesting discussion about how we feel through life. And what I'm talking about is specifically what happens to our nervous system during stress, specifically during the transition to parenthood. And we're talking with BG Mancini, who has 25 years specializing in physical and neurological recovery in children with challenges and working with all members of the family to recover what she calls the family nervous system. And it's a really interesting discussion about like co-regulation in some ways that uh, what's going on for our nervous systems in our family system um, impacts one another. I'm really interested in particular about the discussion around the vagus nerve and what that is in our body and how it impacts how we feel and how we function as we are learning to interact with our babies. BG Mancini is a licensed acupuncture physician and practices as a primary care provider by telemedicine. Her focus is in functional medicine and nervous system resilience, working with children and families to identify the root causes of physical, emotional, and neurological challenges. She uses a lot of different tools to strengthen family connections. She's going to tell us about one of them called SSP and how she uses those tools to bring back the joy to parenting. The premise of her work is if we are not feeling good in our own brains and bodies, we are unable to deeply connect with ourselves or others or even our children. So thanks for tuning in to this really interesting discussion. Let's meet BG. Welcome, BG. I am so glad you're here. I'm really excited to start our conversation today. Thank you, Kat. I'm happy to be here. I think the information that you're going to share with us today might be totally brand new in terms of a concept or anything like that, and also super duper important. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what 
you do and how you do that and also how it's connected to perinatal mental health in general, just to start us off. Okay, great. So I work with children and families. It's something that I call the family nervous system. And I do that all by Zoom. And what I do is a lot of times my little patients, the pediatric patients are the ones that come to me first. Mm -hmm. And through an evaluation, through different either blood testing or gut testing, or some evaluations that I do by Zoom, we find out, you know, what's going on with them. But then as I talk to mom, you know, sort of what helped me to create the family nervous system was, you know, I'd be talking to mom and saying, okay, here's what I think we need to do with your little one. And, you know, moms are basically designed to be PTSD from the minute that our children are born, because we are designed by evolution to hear 2000 square feet away. Mm -hmm. And so our nervous systems just in general are that way in fight and flight. And then when we have children who have any kind of challenge, then they are, we are going to be even more amped up. And all of a sudden you see the moms go, yes. I am amped up and I'm not sleeping and I don't, I do have digestive problems and I do uh, have right. this and I have an autoimmune disease and I have this. And so, you know, then I started to sort of piece together because, you know, part of what we'll talk about today is the SSP program and the vagus nerve. Mm -hmm. And we used to use that with the children first to help shift their nervous systems. And what we learned over the past couple of years is that when we even introduce that to moms first, it's an auditory listening program. It's five hours long. Mm -hmm then the children started to shift already, even mm. before we got the music on them. They became more engaged with the parents, they calmed down, they felt more cuddly to the moms. So, you know, it was just really beautiful how by integrating the healing, you know, together through the family, it's not just one individual, it's not just moms, you know, it's that feedback loop between our children because mom's nervous systems rule the roost. Fascinating. There's so much in what you were just saying that I think I'm really excited to dig into. Can you talk a little bit more about what you mean by assessing the gut and assessing the other types of assessments you do, the vagus nerve, and what mm -hmm. that's all about? Great. So, you know, it's become much more common knowledge now that our microbiome is integral to our mental and emotional neurological and our hormonal health. Because for instance, so, and I do this with parents and children as well. Mm. So let's say we take a stool test, right? There are certain markers in there that can show us, for instance, there's one called beta-glucuronidase. No need to follow that or spell it. Just, <laughs> here's what it does. It's really fascinating. So it's a molecule that actually causes the, the uncoupling of toxins and estrogenic molecules. So now if that happens, everything that we're supposed to be getting out through our gut, all of our toxins and the high estrogens and the estradiol is now being recycled back up into the body. Well, as a woman, that's like the worst possible scenario. And since mm. we all have a tendency towards leaky gut, number one, as we get older, but also if we're eating a standard American diet. So now all those hormones are getting recycled again, and it's dirty estrogen. It's not the helpful kind. And those toxins and pathogens and food particles are going back up. So from my mom perspective, you know, that's where the gut testing really becomes critical. And then for children, I have a lot of moms who bring their kids who say, my child is complaining of stomach aches mm. or for little, little ones, you know, it's kind of a running joke, but it's not funny. You know, I tell parents, children are not Metamucil deficient, which means if your child is being given Metamucil, especially as a baby, 
it's not because, you know, oh, it's just a little constipation. It's likely that we need to restructure and support their microbiome where they're having food sensitivities and it's resulting in constipation. Mm -hmm. Wow. So right. Not only like what you were saying before, you're looking at the family system in terms of how people are being affected, but you're looking at each individual person's system with these markers as indicators of what's going on as opposed to just, I would say what like conventional medicine might do is just Band-Aid, right. Give the Metamucil. Why are we, so you're talking about why do we need the Metamucil? Why is that a need? Yeah. Super interesting. Can you talk a little bit more? You named a couple of things, vagus nerve and also the SSP programming. Yeah. Can you say a little bit more about what those are? So the vagus nerve is what runs through anywhere between 80 and 90% of our organs the entire body from brain into our enteric system, which is our gut. You know, and when we talk about trusting our gut, Mm -hmm. that is literally a part of our nervous system. So when we get those tingles and when we get that feeling, Mm -hmm. that is your nervous system actually responding. That is your, it's called interoception. It means you're feeling Mm -hmm. and you're sensing what is happening inside of you that is giving a cue of safety or non-safety. And so the vagus nerve, part of the work that I studied is the polyvagal theory by Dr. Porges, mm-hmm. brilliant man, love his work. And that is who created the SSP. And so through the polyvagal theory, what we learn is that we are constantly scanning our, our environment for cues of safety or non-safety, right? Yeah. Threat assessment. Yeah. 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 And so if we look at Um, There was a great book written, I don't know, 10 years ago called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. Ah, yes. Okay. So the zebra gets chased by the lion, cortisol goes crazy, they dump their bowels, they're stressed, they escape, they get to the watering hole. They don't need three years of therapy to get over the chase. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, all right, physiology, calm down, drink my water, go on with my day. Mm -hmm. Whereas for us, little trauma, big, you know, little T trauma and big T traumas, can affect us in a way that the body remembers. Mm -hmm. And so the vagus nerve, like a rubber band, oh, I have one here, Mm -hmm. our vagus nerve, you know, Mm -hmm. little T trauma, that can be something as benign as your little brother jumping out of the closet at you in the dark. Mm. And that stuck with you as something that really stressed you. And then little more traumas and environmental exposures, food sensitivities, parental distress, environmental stuff. And then the vagus nerve gets less resilient and now it's a loose rubber band. So the signals are not sending from the gut to the brain as effectively. So that's one aspect of the vagus nerve. In addition to the fact that it can have infections affect it, Mm. that it can have environmental things affecting it as well, nutritional deficiencies. But what the SSP has allowed us to do, the SSP is called the safe and sound protocol. Mm -hmm. And it got actually made into an app, which is amazing because at COVID, you know, first we just had physical units Mm. and we had to work one-on-one that way. But because of COVID, they were able to pivot so quickly and were able to turn it into an app. So now we can work, you know, worldwide with clients. And so it's something that you listen to that communicates directly through the middle ear where the vagus nerve branches off on the left side. Okay. I was wondering where where it is exactly. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Yeah. And he describes it, Dr. Porges describes it as cues of safety as if it is a regulated mother communicating to an infant. 
So imagine the nourishment that it would feel in your body to have a regulated mom cueing into an infant, you know, and sending those safety signals Mm -hmm. because our bodies and our minds are actually designed to help us survive, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But we take in everything as if it's a threat Mm -hmm. unless we are cued into a cue of safety. So Mm -hmm. this helps us to scaffold our nervous system in a way that we can start to identify accurately. Is this a threat? Is it not a threat? Am I Mm -hmm. safe? Mm -hmm. Can I experience safety? Am I allowed to to just do that and give myself that space? If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Yeah, as you were describing that, I was thinking of so many of the, actually anybody on their reproductive journey and how many things can could potentially be traumatizing on, along the way and or things that are people are dealing with now as kind of leftovers from the trauma they did experience. A lot of times that being a birth-related trauma and how, to your point, like scanning the environment, I feel like that's one of the most vulnerable times someone can be in is in like giving birth and it could potentially be a very safe environment but if it's not it feels like a safe environment that could feel really vulnerable and very threatening and you're bringing in this brand new person into the world that you've never met and you you know all of this stuff is getting kicked in to be that vigilant mother but if there's also trauma associated with it it goes well past you know hypervigilance into a state of like everything is terrifying. People can feel really paralyzed. So I'm, you know, thinking of what you're describing, like if it works the way it sounds like it works, the vagus nerve, I'm sorry, the SSP program is how much comfort and relief people could experience from being able to distinguish safe from not safe. It's so true. And, you know, we were talking a little bit before I can share from, you know, working with PTSD soldiers mm-hmm. who haven't slept, experience chronic, severe pain, severe PTSD. I mean, within a month, they start sleeping. I mean, it, much shorter than that, but the program was finished within, you know, three to four weeks. 
And to the last one, I said, so how's your pain? And he said, it's about the same. And I said, okay. I said, well, how about exercise? He's like, well, you know, I'm exercising every day and running now. I'm like, but you couldn't, your legs were giving out before, you know, he literally couldn't drive a car because his pain was so severe. And so I was like, oh yeah, I guess that is a lot better. (laughs) You know, our (laughs) threshold, our window of tolerance, I'm sure, you know, it's, it's like, we think our 10 is here, but then the next day, even though that symptom is better, we still think we're at a 10 Mm -hmm. because when our threshold is just so um, non-resilient, you know, everything kind of feels that way, but he was sleeping. He was exercising every day. Again, his digestion had improved. And, you know, when I work with moms, it's funny, they'll say, yeah, my husband is suddenly less annoying and (laughs) and I'm not as reactive to my children. And how much of a grace does that give our relationship with our children when we are not as reactive? And part of what we learned during COVID, you know, if this is where the human experience happens, it's when our smile meets the wrinkles in our eye, these Mm -hmm. muscles here, okay? Mm -hmm. This is actually how we convey cues of safety to each other. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference, you know, one of my kids, he was, I think, five at the time, you know, those buses that go by with the big faces for like Mm -hmm. law firms or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They must have photoshopped out any wrinkles here and any wrinkles here. Uh So he just looked over and he said, weird mom, I don't trust that guy. Look, he just <laughs> looks like he's baring his teeth at me. And that's exactly the uh-huh. difference in evolution, you know, that we mm-hmm. communicate it this way. It's not just baring our teeth when we smile. Mm-hmm. So imagine what the kids went through. You know, oh, right. They went through the masks. Not uh, being able to see no those cues. of safety. Mm-hmm. And the trauma that our families went through and the parents were in and the lack of re- being present that we were able to feel and to give our kids and our babies and our toddlers and our whomever at that time, it mm-hmm. really affected everyone's nervous system. And we are seeing increased delays, increased diagnosis in kids that are under five who went through that. So it's pretty profound how the SSP can help. Yeah, I, I've seen that specifically with clients that I've worked with whose kids were uh, born either very like right before COVID and the shutdown or during and how much more difficult things had been socially for families who were a little bit more isolated. In part, I believe it's connected to what you're describing, just not being able to have interactions with people. Certainly within their household, they were felt fine and safe, um, but anybody outside, they had such difficulty reading cues, being able to know that they were okay, feeling more clingy, and rightly so, they don't know how to read people's cues. The SSP for kids, you're saying, is also like the program works for adults and children? It does. Yes. We have two different music lists, although some adults like the Disney kid one and some of the kids like the adult 90s music that they have. So we have two different playlists. And you know, it used to be when it first came out, which was right before a year before COVID or so, you know, we thought it was one hour a day, five days in a row, and that's how we were doing it. That's what we were given as instruction. But over the years, those of us who have been doing it and therapists from all over the world, we have learned that some we prescribe the music now. So it might be 15 minutes to start and see how your nervous system processes it. How do you feel the next day? Great. Okay, let's keep going. Another 15, 30 minutes. Some people do it 30-minute sessions just straight. I'm someone who I work with a lot of very sensitive adults and children. Mm. And so I like- Me too. To- Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I may be one as well. I am. So I am. 
has a very refined nervous system. I like to say, I don't like to say super sensitive. <laughs> you know, I definitely interpret things in cues of safety differently than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. So I like to help people in that stage where, hey, let's just go low and slow. It's how I do supplementation. It's how I do everything. So you know, let's let your nervous system determine. And with kids, I mean, I've worked with many autistic children and they actually, they go from this, you know, shut in to being able to be engaged with other kids that many of them become verbal and start speaking. And we use other tools in the functional medicine world that I have that also support that. Um, Because a lot of it is not that they don't know how to speak. It's that their nervous system is telling them it's not safe to be out here. Mm. And so cueing it, it's not a logical thing. It's just how the brain is patterned. They're not thinking, I don't want to speak. It's just once they get those cues of safety, then it starts to scaffold their brain in a way that they're able to come out. Mm. And um, even kids who have, you know, radical attachment disorder, ADHD, and then pretty much anyone with a nervous system. You know, my kids don't have (laughs) diagnosis, but I do use SSP on them once a year just to make them more resilient. The world's overwhelming. You were talking about sensitivity, is that right? Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking about sensitivity and working with that clientele because children mm -hmm. are very sensitive. Children's nervous systems are undeveloped. And so that's why, you know, especially as infants and as children, young toddlers, and then even, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old, it is a building of their nervous system Mm -hmm. by the cues around them. Mm-hmm. So if we are dysregulated, even if we're smiling at our kids, but we're feeling totally crazy. And if you took a sound test of what we sounded like, it would be mm-hmm. 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 for know? sure. So our kids, they receive that information. It is not an intellectual process. They are just, that is a, the feeling they are getting is this dysregulated shriek. So, you know, when moms talk about, oh, I know I need to do self-care. I try and help them turn it around as this is not self-care. We're talking about you caring for your children by taking care of you and your nervous system and your well-being because you can only give your children and you can only expect to understand their needs so far as we've met our own. Because if we're still up here in our heads, we're going to have what I call a relationship about our kids instead of with them. Mm, That is really real. (laughs) I'm just like, you know, as you're talking through it, thinking of all of the implications in terms of how the mothers I meet, especially ones that are dealing with depression or anxiety or, you know, having difficulty in transition into parenthood is it's so often that they have made a connection around how good of a mother they are with how they feel about and or towards their kids or how their kids are responding to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not what, what I think is super important about what you're describing is that it's not like you've just decided to sort of quote unquote, be this way or behave this way. There's something really going on for you that is impacting the way you function and the way you interact. It's not just, oh, you know, I should just be a quote unquote, better mom, or I should be able to snap out of it. And like really addressing that there's something impacting you and the way you're functioning and the way you're interacting with people is real. You know, I don't share this story often, but considering the people that you help, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that I had a super traumatic second pregnancy. I had an oh, undiagnosed no. sinus infection oh, so bad oh. that I had to wear, you know, leggings up to here and I couldn't walk from one room to the next. And, oh my gosh. And it was horrific. And 
in anticipation of postpartum, I even went to a psychiatrist ahead of time because my husband was like, please just have someone on standby in case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you don't know you're in it until sometimes you're out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny. I watched a show called This Is Us, not necessarily highbrow watching, but I was watching it one night. And she says to her husband, I am not okay. Uh-huh. And it was like my the biggest palm just went to my head. That's all I had to say to someone was I'm not okay. Instead, what I did for the next like two years was white knuckle it, Mm. you know? Yeah. And I white knuckled it. And I, every night when I had to know that I had to get up and make sandwiches the next day or, you know, whatever it was, everything felt so darn overwhelming. Yep. And, you know, I had someone come in and uh, help me assess my kids, you know, make sure they're okay. But I did not have anyone come in and assess me. And so, you know, I'm speaking from a lot of experience when I talk about if you had added one more thing to my plate, Mm. such as a child with behavioral or significant learning disabilities Mm -hmm. or significant health issues, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know how much more that would have impacted me. I would love to just share that, you know, the order of operations here is this. If you are struggling with postpartum or any kind of anxiety or stress and you have children, you know, I really think that the first thing to do is get an assessment based on your digestion, your neurological health within your gut. You know, what signals, what are you eating that's causing crazy inflammation in your body? Because anything that has an itis at the end of it or autoimmune is all inflammation. Mm-hmm. Inflammation comes from what we are eating toxic things we are exposed to, toxic people and stress. Mm -hmm. So if that is a part of your everyday, you know, what can you do on the daily to reduce the inflammation in your body and brain? Because I, we have what's called brain on fire, anxiety and stress disorders are brain on fire. You literally feel like "Ah," at the top of your lungs, right? But you keep that out. Right. So I, I would say, get yourself, you know, look at what you're intaking that could help reduce, you know, inflammation, then once that starts to calm down, you know, our children are going to react and respond differently to us. And if you're not getting the information you need about your child and your child is, is clearly struggling according to you, because your mom, yeah. moms know, all yep. Right, yep. then reach out, find the right help. You know, we are a resource for families, even if we don't feel we can help, you know, we Mm -hmm, take everyone mm -hmm. on a case by case basis. If we're not the ones we like to help families find the right person and right resource, because if it were not for the fact that I had colleagues that I could call my eight month old, the one that came out after that pregnancy at eight months, you know, here it is, this is what I do, but I could see one hand was not equilaterally crawling. One Mm. leg was left behind. And these are all what's called crossing midline in the brain. So he was delayed. I could see it happening. Sweet as pie kids slept all that. But crawling matters, movement matters, Mm -hmm. mobility. And if I couldn't call my friend and say, hey, what are you seeing? And she said, I see what you're seeing. What do you want to do about it? And then I had them to help me. Then I would have had a delayed child instead of a few corrections here and there. And we got him moving again and everything's fine. So I really feel for everyone who goes through this because I was there. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where-are-my-keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where-are-my-kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we-were-supposed-to-leave-35-seconds-ago mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, it's brutal. And it's hard to understand the magnitude of it how it impacts you and unless you're in it or unless you're a sensitive person and can like deeply empathize or sympathize but even with that I'm going through something like that and thank you for sharing by the way I mean you are speaking to the people who get it and I'm one of them as well I suffered greatly it is sort of unfathomable how horrible you can feel and at the same time It is astonishing to me how people keep putting one foot in front of the other, even when they feel like the worst they've ever felt. They keep like trotting through and trying on behalf of themselves and trying on behalf of their kids, even if they, you know, don't know the answers or how to feel better. It's amazing that both of those things can exist at the same time. You can feel that bad and keep moving, but people do. I'm curious to know, let's say for people who are listening you know, they want to experience the this SSP type of a thing. You had mentioned before, it's like some music or sound cues. This isn't just people like listening to something off of Spotify or whatever. Uh, it's not no, just it's listening just, to music. No, no, <laughs> How no, do no. people access this or feel better? Or if they can't, let's see, like don't have access to somebody like you, where could they go to get this kind of help? Well, the great news is that it's an app now. Thank you to the company who created it. So, you know, everyone can get it. It can be downloaded to your phone. Mm. It's just a matter of, you know, reaching out, you know, doing an assessment. And then again, I have many different therapists who I work with who if, you know, depending upon what type of issues people are dealing with. Mm. So, you know, just by reaching out to us, we can get you to the right person and get mm-hmm. someone who works with, because some people have different trauma backgrounds that require a specialist in that, you know, uh-huh. yep. some people, if it's postpartum, like I want it to be a mom who works with you. So they understand mm. you know, the dynamics because a lot of the work. So the SSP, even though it sounds like regular songs, it's the frequencies that have been shifted by Dr. Porges that create oh, those cues oh, of safety. Oh, oh, so it oh. might sound like Disney music for kids, 
or it might sound like sticks, you know, or like <laughs> different songs from the 90s for us. <laughs> it actually that you'll hear in the listening, it goes up a little bit and then it gets very quiet because it's training the resilience. It also helps to decrease sound sensitivities. Oh, so many moms. My have. gosh. Right? Are you kidding? That's a huge, massive, because, massive. Yeah. Because even small sounds, or if it's a repetitive sound, mm -hmm. we get triggered because yeah. it's telling our nervous system has adapted in a way mm -hmm. that it is heightened and everything is bothering our brain. It's like nails on a chalkboard in your brain when you have the sound sensitivity. For sure. So this is something that also helps to retrain your ear to not feel as reactive to those mm -hmm. sounds. Right. So not like you won't hear them anymore. It, you just won't have the response. Right. Right. I'm thinking of like, moms who are anxious and who would be worried that they wouldn't be able to respond to their kids. Oh, and no, what... it doesn't change your hearing. <laughs> right. It doesn't change your hearing. What it does is it helps to filter out the sound. We are responding to, for instance, the low growl of an animal. Mm. We hear a low sound, sometimes men, certain men's voices for women yes. or for children. Yes. Low sound growl, low on the sound frequency causes our nervous system to go, what is that? Because that's totally. just a live revolution. So what yeah. this does is it helps to, it filters out the highest and the lowest and gives us cues of safety. And then what it does is it tells us that the cues of safety range are not threatening us. That's mm -hmm. all it does. Mm -hmm. So because mm -hmm. we are now fight flighting and interpreting scare and fear and aggression right. in faces and sounds that are not meant to. Yeah. Ooh, wow. That could help so many people. It's interesting too, because I think like, let's say for the anxious, more anxious moms or people who've been through trauma and are more reactive to, to certain cues, uh, specifically, and let me go back to moms, some moms with anxiety who might be so used to responding to their children in an anxious way. Mm -hmm. And that feels like protection. And it might be, I'm not saying it's not sometimes, but it always feels like that. If every cue that you hear, it gets you feeling like, oh my gosh, I got to get up. I have to, what's happening like that? Some moms start to interpret that they, or perceive that they need that kind of response in order to attend to their kids. It's really hard when with somebody who's feeling anxious to help them understand that they don't have to be anxious to respond. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like this might be an avenue. It is because you cannot, not you, you cannot, yeah. <laughs> I cannot, we cannot mm -hmm. think our way into safety. Right. We cannot explain. You could not have explained to me when I was anxious as all get out because mm -hmm. I really had just exited stage right, you know, and I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. in this really heightened, anxious crying for no reason space, right? That, hey, there's safety on the other side of this wall. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what safety feels like at that moment. I don't even know, you know, it reminds me of, there's a Buddhist parable that I used to think about. I just want to share this. So the Buddhist teacher is sitting in the balcony of a theater and watching a movie. And the student is off to the side behind the curtain. The student cannot see the screen. The student sees the light on the face of their teacher and knows that the light is there, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason I share that is because 
when someone's nervous system is so anxious and so stressed and they're lacking joy in their parenting experience, mm. which is really why I do what I do. I yeah. want to return that, you know, joy of motherhood, joy of being a kid with their mom, you know, in those family dynamics. It's not possible for a nervous system to comprehend in that anxious state what not feeling anxious is. But when right. you give them cues of safety, when you use somatic experiences like massage, acupuncture, craniosacral, EMDR, mm -hmm. SSP, these tools that allow cues of safety to be experienced from the inside out, mm -hmm. not through the intellectual brain. Right. Then they're like, oh, wait, I sense this. I feel it. This is truth in my body and brain. Yeah. Then it starts to help them navigate differently. Oof. I'm going to have to try this. <laughs> myself. I'm like, I could use that. <laughs> I've been through some things. And even what I find to be interesting is, and I'm curious, just from a personal perspective too, is even if we have experienced a certain amount of healing through our own trauma, there could still be little bits in there that show up from time to time that you don't expect. And I hear people say this, well, I thought I dealt with that. I thought, I thought it was done. But now you're in a new scenario, a new situation, and some of that is coming back up a little bit. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I should try this. <laughs> Bessel van der Kolk, right? The body yep. keeps the score. Oh, yeah. The body is just retaining. It's like a memory, just folded layer over layer over layer over layer. And there mm -hmm. it is again. And now mm -hmm. it's then it connects to this thing. And, you know, it's a constant evolution for me for, for right. healing. Right. That's important. Like it doesn't necessarily end. You don't get to some mountaintop or whatever and you're just done life is life and stuff happens so i'm curious with the with specifically with the work you're doing i know you said there's an app and so it sounds like people could do some of this on their own but there's also all of these other parts to of what you do well so the ssp people can't do on their own what that means is that they uh -huh. contact us we would do an intake. Oh, I and, see. I see. Yep. And then we send a invite to the app mm. when they're then allowed to download. Mm -hmm. And then we make sure that the communication is open so that they understand today you're only listening for this much. You know, some oh. patients have been, you know, so challenged with either brain fog or long haul COVID or anxiety, you know, oh my gosh, to yeah. turn the dashboard off because they can't keep track of their own stuff and they might listen too much, you know? Mm -hmm. So- so that's the type of thing that we do with SSP specifically. Mm. And the other work that I do, you know, everything is done by Zoom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do intakes for children. I've worked with babies in the NICU. You know, it's just a matter of if there's a neurological, emotional, behavioral, any type of disconnection from our own body. Because when I don't feel well, I check out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if I am feeling anxious, pain, Right. Digestive discomfort, yeah. stress, you know, as a human, I'm going to watch something, pick up my phone, eat something, mm -hmm. do something that's going to change the way I feel. Mm -hmm. If I do that, I am no longer in a position to parent my child genuinely in the way that I want to, because I'm not even in my body. Mm -hmm. Right. And so mm -hmm. how many people, how many moms are walking around now with triggered autoimmunity and Hashimoto's and digestive issues and not sleeping? and all of these other things, and then checking out because that's how we survive. We cope. Totally. You know, by getting out of this situation mm -hmm. that feels so uncomfortable. 
But in order to be present and enjoy our children, we have to find a safe and comfortable way. Mm-hmm. Safety, safety. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, quick, I'm going to just jump back in my body and grin and bear it. It's how can I safely process through my health issues, through my sleep issues, my neurological, yeah. my anxiety, so I can enjoy the motherhood experience and allow my children to receive the benefit of my healthy nervous system. Sure. Sounds really powerful. So where can people go to learn a little bit more about, you know, all that you're describing? I invite everyone to take a look at our Instagram. We put a lot of information up there on mothering and parenting and being an adult, (laughs) how to function in this world. And it's at Brain Gut Institute. And then our website is BrainGutInstitute.com. And I also do have a free 30-minute course for for parents to look at for managing children under two and three and their nervous Mm. systems and food sensitivities. Mm. And then, you know, there are books that we can also recommend, like Zebras Don't Get Ulcers is Mm -hmm. a great one. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just Google Dr. Porges polyvagal Mm -hmm. theory, Mm -hmm. Dr. Porges, Mm P-O-R-G-E-S, S-S-P program, you'll hear so much about your nervous system that you never knew Mm -hmm. that is so beautiful. And he's such a regulated individual. (laughs) It's a pleasure just to sit and listen to him talk as far as (laughs) I'm concerned. That's awesome. Well, great. I thank you so much for this. Um, It's so enlightening, such a great conversation. It sounds like a really, really amazing resource. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. One more time, if you'd like to get connected with BG, go to braingutinstitute.com or Instagram and Facebook at Brain Gut Institute. I hope you found this discussion as interesting as I did. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Please find the Mom and Mind podcast on momandmind.com or wellmindperinatal.com, where you can also find access to my free online mini course that is specifically designed for people experiencing anxiety in the postpartum period. Or you can learn more about the three and a half hour self-paced course that I created just for managing postpartum stress. You can also connect with us on social media at Mom and Mind on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in and learning more about perinatal mental health. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not gonna tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.